Hello, and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, joined today by a very special and good friend of the program, guest, Donovan Birds. How you doing, Donovan? Welcome, welcome yeah. to the programming. Uh, I was late today. I just want that on the record. This was not, you know, I'm sorry, coach. You know, you can, you can put my fine in the mailbox, you know. I owe you five grand or whatever, so... Uh, this is uh, this is my my public apology, Donnie. I'm sorry I was five minutes late because I had to eat some French fries. You know, it's fine. Um, you, you'll have the fine with the, the maximum amount allowable by the CBA in your uh, in your mailbox tomorrow. Obviously, um, yeah. I would assume like like three or four p.m. I, I, we're still thinking that one over, but yeah, no, not a big deal. I thought you were gonna forget your name in the intro there. There was like a little slight pause before you said Eric, and I was like, oh. Did, did he forget for just a split second? But no, he figured it out. So uh, we're looking good here. I, I like how this has started. We're in a, we're, we're in a, this is a good way. I like it. Yeah, it's good. I, I know you don't like doing the whole chit chat thing. You're, you're a very down to business guy, uh, but I have to ask, how are you doing, Donnie? You anything, anything good co- cooking in Donnie's world right now? No, I'm kind of just, just doing my thing. Um, It looks like th- there's a slight chance that uh, our other, our other co-host has just arrived, so that would, that would be interesting. Our, our our third party here, obviously, you're the host. I'm just here to I'm here to vibe out. Uh, RK, you know, also maybe he'll be here, but yeah, not a whole lot cooking in uh, in my world. Kind of just uh, hanging out, excited to come on and talk about the off season because the Giants are now in the off season. There's no longer season for for the, the New York Giants, and you know, obviously, and you had to start this with the Denver Broncos slight. Uh, Denver Broncos haven't been in in the regular season since. You know, like week eight, week nine. So you know, at least uh, things are looking up, though. Well, things are looking up. Technically, they were they were in the regular season. Technically, uh, in week eighteen. So like we were still playing football and stuff, but not. You're right. Not not really the same sport. Uh, okay. Well, Donnie, let's just get into it. Where do you? Uh, let's just start with the news. Obviously, biggest news of this past few days, Sean Payton, Denver Broncos trade a first round pick this year, which belonged to San Francisco 49ers. That came from the Dolphins for Bradley Chubb. So essentially, the Broncos just traded Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton and a second round pick next year. Crucially, they do not lose their first round pick next year, which is good, I feel like. But here we are for Broncos have a new head coach in Sean Payton. And let me just get my thoughts out there. I, I wrote about this on footballbreakdowns.com. I wrote about this on, on the blog, obviously. You can find all that on my Twitter at Eric18Utah, at Eric Jensen Sport. Tons of great you know content, especially if you want to cut through all the Eric nonsense and you just want strictly Eric content at Eric Jensen Sport. That is the place to be. I, I try to tweet out, Everything I do from this podcast to everything I write goes straight to there, and you can avoid the, the Rick Jensen nonsense that 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 sometimes pervades the timeline on Eric eighteen Utah. But I will say, Donnie, I understand the skeptics of this move. I do. I I do hear the skeptics. One of which is our good friend Travis, who pointed out that Sean Payton basically just had Drew Brees for his entire coaching career. In New Orleans, so who knows if it was Drew Brees or if it was Sean Payton. 
I think the truth is probably a mixture of both. I think Fubreeze was a really good quarterback, but I also think Sean Payton maximized his abilities and made him a better player. Is it weird to go out and trade for a head coach when you have like lots of glaring roster holes? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit strange. But ultimately, Broncos ownership saw a fan base that lost interest once again by mid-October and is just trying to throw money. Apparently, Sean Payton, I don't know if this number is official yet, but I saw it reported today he's going to make something like $85 million a year, which is crazy. Um, They just said, okay, we're just going to throw our Walmart money at you, Sean Payton, and we're going to get rid of the draft picks. Will it work? Eh, maybe. I do think there's a chance that for the first time in eight years, the Denver Broncos offense will be watchable next year. The bar is so low, Donnie. That's literally all I want. All I want is for the Denver Broncos offense to be watchable. So on Sunday, it's not like watching paint dry, like, or or getting like an appendectomy, like like literally, like it's painful to watch this team on Sundays play offense. And if if their offense is even just like league average, I'll be happy. If they win seven games, I'll be happy. If they win nine games, I'll be ecstatic. It'll be their first winning season in seven seven years. It's, it's a long time. It's almost a decade, Donnie. But also, you know, even if Russell Wilson improves, you know, you still, uh, you know, uh, I'll let you be, but I'll let you play, you know, Debbie Downer here. I know that even in my wildest dreams, even if Sean Payton turns Russell Wilson into what Denver Broncos fans think Russell Wilson is, it's probably still not enough to beat Patrick Mahomes, literally the best quarterback in the game and of the past decade. So, I mean, there's not a lot to look forward to as a Broncos fan, but, like, you got to, like, give me some hope, Donnie. Like, I'll I'll be realistic now, but you and I both know how this ends. This ends with you on the season preview overall show in August and me predicting a Denver Broncos playoff berth. That's how this ends. That'll happen in August. Uh, Right now, I'll play coy and I'll say, oh, there's a chance this doesn't work out and things are a little bit weird, but they'll make a few big-time free agent plays. I'll get fully sucked back in. They'll draft some no-names in the second round that I talk myself into. And in August, I'll say, oh, yeah, the Denver Broncos will definitely beat the Chiefs this year and win the division. So that's just how this is going to go. That That's the way this always goes. The floor is now yours, Donnie. Yeah, so I think just just to start off, you you mentioned you started off by mentioning the Eric Jensen nonsense. Uh, definitely cut out the Eric Jensen nonsense if you get the opportunity to uh, skip the Eric Jensen nonsense. You get enough of the Eric Jensen nonsense when a football game is on. So just keep that one in mind. Obviously, the Eric eighteen Utah Twitter is something that that man will will look back at and and be completely maybe ashamed of. Um, a, a little bit, a little bit frustrated to see him tweeting 164 times over a three-hour span. Um, but but moving from there, obviously it can't get worse than this year. I don't think. I think that this you you would admit that this is probably the worst year in terms of expectations versus reality. Oh, correct? it can get worse. 
But this is the worst year you've had in terms of expectation versus reality in the last three or four years, without a doubt. You expected this sure. to be near 500, and they put up – this is probably their worst record they've had in in, in the run. Or, Since Vance or... Joseph. Yeah, so bad. Really, really rough season. Uh, obviously, Sean Payton is a step up on any anything you've had from uh, Nathaniel, which was a complete disaster, unfortunately. You know, maybe a good thing. Uh, now they have all this money behind it. The Vic Vangio uh, experiment was fine. Uh, it was it was pretty useless. Yeah, this is the first time you've actually had like a real pr- proven, you know, a guy that you know is going to go out there and at least get the most out of his players. Um, hopefully that's not, um, you know, detrimental, all things considered, with the division around him. And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Broncos play the NFC North and AFC East next year. Is that correct? Would you would you say that is that is correct? Uh, I haven't looked ahead to next year's schedule, to be completely honest with you. I, I'm, I'm fairly sure that is the case. I do remember seeing that because that's uh, obviously they play the same opponents as, as their division plays. Uh, the NFC North is not, not necessarily an easy division to face, and the AFC East is also not an easy division to face. So it could be a lot of close, low-scoring games next year, regardless of what's going on with Russell Wilson's ability. I'm thinking that you should be expecting maybe some, uh, some tight game, maybe not low-scoring in all of them, but I I would expect a lot of close games and I would expect a tough schedule from, from the looks of things, but regardless, like at least this is, this is a, a reason to smile moving forward. This is something to look, look forward to next year uh, better than Nathaniel Hackett, because there's a proven, a proven guy there. Like you got your quarterback, albeit rough year, eh, you know, hopefully you can just chalk that up to whatever was going on with the Broncos tomfoolery of, of their, their management and, and hope that they can put together a solid uh, nine-win season next year. The, the only thing that's confusing is the draft picks, but again, I guess to get the guy you want, you 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 kick you just kick it in, kick the towel in, and call it a day, and say, "Hey, we got this guy for the next five years." As you mentioned, eighty-five million over five years is is the rumored total. That's a lot of money. We're paying that guy. You're paying a coach a million dollars a game to coach. So you better get a million dollars a game worth of coaching out of him. He better be. He better be nearly flawless in everything that he does, which would be a huge step up from what you saw from Nathaniel Hackett this year. So I, I mean, it's obviously um, frustrating to lose out of the draft picks after, you know, trading one of your better players to get said uh, first rounder, but may- maybe, you know, this is a, a step forward in terms of getting back to like a 500 team. And then you build from there, obviously you said free agency and stuff. We, we have a whole offseason ahead of us. This is a great start in my opinion, at least like, moving forward you got to have a little vision here and i mean i know people freak out about the draft picks i would have freaked out about the draft picks if they traded next year's first rounder but they didn't they didn't do that so the sad reality is this russell wilson probably won't get better and they'll probably suck again next year but at least they'll have a shot to be in the caleb williams sweepstakes and then you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a top three pick next year and maybe trade more draft assets to move up to number one to get Caleb Williams. Then you have Caleb Williams mentored by Sean Payton and you feel like you have your coach quarterback combo for the next 10, 15 years. You know, like even if it goes terribly, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And like, frankly, like, even if the Broncos just decide in a year that Russ isn't worth it and they cut him 
because they can get out of his contract realistically in a year. Like, you can do what this team really should have done, God, eight years ago when Peyton Manning retired, which is just trade every valuable asset on this team. Like, get rid of Patrick Tan, like, get rid of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Duty, and, like, all these guys that are, like, fringe good players that on other teams would probably be, like, making plays and putting up big production numbers, like, Get rid of all of them. Don't fool yourself anymore. Don't be like we're a quarterback away. Just like start from scratch and 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 like purposely suck for like a year and actually move forward in the right direction. But Bronco's problem is that for eight years they've believed that they're a Super Bowl roster. And the the, the fact is they're just not. They're like nowhere near a Super Bowl roster. <laughs> like it's just it's ridiculous sometimes. And like it infuriates me the fans that think they are, and it infuriates me the analysts sometimes nationally that think they are. They're like they're glaring still this year, they're glaring holes all over this roster. The offensive line is terrible. Like Corlin Sutton had his worst year as a pro last year. You don't know what you're getting from him again. Tim Patrick's coming off a torn ACL. Jerry Judy had one good month, and that was the end of the season. But other than that, has been a total knucklehead and a complete ne'er do well. Like I don't want him on the team, obviously. And then you look defensively and you say, "Here's where I'm afraid." Like you think it'll be low scoring this year. Who's to say that defense is still good next year? They could lose Ajiro Evero, who was the reason their defense was good. They are not a supremely talented defense. They were just extremely well coached. Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons are their best two players. And the rest are just kind of replacement level guys. And they they just got coached up extremely well. The other thing that like worst case scenario here, Donnie, and then we can move forward. Like Sean Payton wants to bring in Vic. Bringing Vic Fangio back as your defensive coordinator is such a terrible idea. Like, are we just forgetting about the like five reports that came out after Vic Fangio was fired that the entire locker room hated him. Like what? Why would you bring that back into the building? Like it makes no sense. It's because somebody else, somebody else will bring Vic Fangio into their building. If it's not the Broncos, you have to remember, this is just like such a stupid league. It's it's literally just, it just, it is what it is. Right. Like, and like Vic Fangio somewhere else. Fine. I'll give Vic Fangio a chance somewhere else. He can, he can install his culture somewhere else, but to come back to the team, you got fired. Has that ever happened before? They can, Sean Payton cannot seriously consider that, but that is a, the weirdest power dynamic of all time. And two, to be like just such a terrible idea from start to finish seeing as most of the roster is the same and still probably hate Vic Fangio it's like what 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 are you doing here Uh, it's very Broncos it's very Broncos it's just disappointing uh whatever um D'Amico Ryan's hired as the head coach of the Houston Texans Good hire, obviously. D'Amico Ryan's very talented defensive coordinator. I will just say, personally, if I were D'Amico Ryan's, I probably would not have taken the Houston Texans head coaching job. Just because, look at their record, especially, one, you're a black head coach. Their last two head coaches have been black. They have been given one year each to basically fail and then get scapegoated. 
Sure, they probably won't scapegoat a third guy in year one when they suck next year because they will suck next year. That's just part of getting to be a better team. The Texans have some interesting players on the roster, but ultimately next year their ceiling is like seven wins. Like you have got to hope you rebuild quickly within the next two years or in two years they will fire you because Cal McNair is a terrible owner and does not care about the longevity of coaches. Like to me, this was an incredibly stupid move by D'Amico Ryans. Why not go and take the Colts job where at least Ursay is patient? Like, he gave Frank you. Reich years to work or like the Cardinals job. Like why take the Texans job just makes no sense to me. Well, they did give him six years. So pledging that type of money and, and that type of, of, you know, you're not going to ruin. They gave Robbie who, Smith five. Yeah, I, I understand that, but you're not going to ruin this with a guy like D'Amico Ryans who has the, the historic, there, there's the connection there, the weird, like you got JJ Watt saying, oh, this is great. Like you're making people happy. You're going to believe in this guy. He will get certainly two years at the very least, you have to think. And, and I think if anybody is really fooling or fooled themselves into thinking this Texans team is, is a legitimate, like, like even competitive half the time uh, they're, they're far off. It was tough to watch. Uh, Texans football once again this year. I do think, you know, it, it is very funny that they ended up not getting the number one pick after being just clearly the worst team in, in, in the league, like uh, large portions of the year. They were out there and you knew they were playing close games that they were going to lose regardless of who was in, who they were playing, whether it was a bad opponent like the Browns or a good opponent like the Chiefs, you know, playing a lot of close games and then ending up uh, the strong end of the year uh, with with two of the last three was a real uh, a real shocker. And I'm sure D'Amico Ryan is not thrilled with having number two instead of number one. But again, you know, you're putting your eggs in the basket of a guy who will be getting a new quarterback this year. I almost guaranteed you would think so. Um, as long as the quarterback develops, he's got something to hold on to, whether or not that is his doing. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's obviously it's a, it's a great uh, ad for the Texans as long as they, you know, give him some patience and give him some time, which as you mentioned, uh, not something that they've been willing to do uh, recently, but you have to hope something has changed uh, given the, the, what I would say, just the historic crash and burn the Texans have had the last couple of years, it's really just like, it's as bad as it's been the last couple of years for any team by far. Yeah. I don't have much more to say about the Texans. It's a rebuilding job. It takes time. Hopefully he gets that time. I, I personally don't think he will, but that's that's just me and that's just me looking at history and, and using that as you know what they do say about history donnie it is instructive so it's a, it's a, it's important to take a look at it sometimes uh finally i i guess this is kind of news this is this one's hard to approach just because we did this whole thing last year i sat here with trey Watkins, and we, we did like a whole 45 minute episode on one guy and uh i i feel like i'll probably just like tomorrow with this episode like in the tweet thread that i do i'll just tweet that episode out again under underneath it but uh tom brady retired like i guess for real this time maybe um i'll just say this you said something i disagree with in our group chat earlier today i think there is a greater than non-zero chance that within our lifetime tom brady plays football again uh i i'll believe that he's fully retired when I see him in a Fox booth for three straight years and then I'll, I'll be like, Oh, okay. He's retired. But I do think there's a chance that we get to August 
and someone gets desperate and there's a behind the scenes call and they're like, hey, we'll give you like $50 million to come play one year for us. And he's like, oh, okay, what the hell? Why not? Uh, there's no chance. No shot. It's done. Let Leave it. Call it. He was bad last year compared to what he was the year before. He recognizes it. I'm sure he wasn't having a good time. Uh, you think Tom Brady was having fun on Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, watching them, uh, either Mike Evans dropping passes or just in general, like getting bull rush, having to throw 65 times a game because his running backs didn't exist. Like, I, I don't think that he's going to find a good situation where he would be uh, immediately just like step in and and look good. And I don't anticipate that he even like wants to do that after like would you really want to step back after the last like year of of personal life uh just garbage that's gone on i'm sure his family would appreciate it if he stopped i'm sure his kids would appreciate it if he just like you know gave it up because it's about time he's not this isn't tom brady anymore this is a a shell albeit still a decent ish performer a guy who was uh, a top 32 quarterback no doubt but it's not it's not Tom Brady anymore now, is it? I mean, that's fair. I just think he's a crazy person. It's and true. Like, there's a chance that a crazy person gets to August and he's got his Fox gig set up. And then out of the blue, someone like Josh McDaniels or Kyle Shanahan or a big name that he feels comfortable with where he could definitely go like especially Kyle Shanahan, especially the 49ers, especially his childhood team, a team that's a quarterback away from a Super Bowl, like with a great offensive line and great weapons. Like if they come calling and Kyle Shanahan's like, look, dude, we're willing to screw up our cap future and just give you like 50 to $60 million to come play for us for one year. Like, what do you say? Like, I think there's a chance that in late July, he's like, Oh, yeah, I'm bored. I miss it. Like, I wanted to be at OTA. It's like, okay, let's do this thing. I don't think that'll happen, but I think there's a greater than non-zero chance that that could happen in a universe that we live in. So uh, I'll just say that. I mean, anyhow, I guess, it, I guess it works for me. Honestly, I just want to say one thing. Like, Eric loves these little these little theories. One of these days, he's going to have a clip that just comes up perfectly when Tom Brady unretires literally at, at late July, early August. He's going to have this clip to come back to and be like, yeah, remember me? Like, I, I know what I'm talking about sometimes. So I, <laughs> there's potential on this one. Not a high potential, but saying a greater than non-zero chance. The second there's Tom Brady rumors, let me tell you, Eric's going to be all over that one saying, I was right. And, you know, maybe you'll be right. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, obviously, we know Tom Brady. We don't have to do a t- ton of Tom Brady legacy talk. It's pretty obvious. Uh, greatest player of all time, right? Like, fine by me. We're pretty much in agreement. Uh, so, so my question will be this: What does Patrick Mahomes do have to do to catch Tom Brady? Realistically, I mean, statistically speaking, he'll get there. Uh, he'll probably have similar output to Tom Brady if he does end up playing until he's 40 years old, which is, you know, there's never a guarantee with anybody making it to 40, but the, the stats are there. Uh, the, the rings will not be, the Super Bowl wins will, will not be probably, let's be realistic here. Is that happening? Cause it's, 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 it's probably not. It's a little bit more competitive these days. He's uh, played Cap- in five straight AFC championships. It's crazy. Literally the only other person to do that is Tom Brady. It's crazy. I, I you gotta think there's a, there's a, a a decent shot that he gets there, or at least like there's a conversation, like a LeBron, Michael Jordan esque conversation, end of career type idea. Um, but 
uh, it, it would it's still going to take a lot. We were talking about a guy that will need to do what he's done the first the last five years for the next ten years, almost exclusively making it back and making these deep runs. And who knows if Andy Reid's going to stick around for for a long time? You know, there's really just there's a lot of variables there that could potentially break it down because again, you know. Tom Brady had some success because of Bill Belichick. There's there's definitely Patrick Mahomes had some success because of Andy Reid and because they have uh, very, very good coordinators. They've always had somebody there to help him out. Um, he's always been able to kind of just like do his own thing, make these ridiculous plays. So it depends, you know, maybe a, a non-Andy Reid coach would be like, hey, let's let's calm down on having you run outside and, and throw shortstop shortstop passes. Like, I don't know. You really never know. Um, but you got to think he's on the path, right? Yeah, they'll be interesting to see how that plays out. To me, he's the only player really right now that even has a shot at chasing Brady. Uh, Everyone else is woefully far behind. If Joe Burrow was in the Super Bowl and and won a Super Bowl this year, maybe we could kind of, like, Joe Burrow low-key kind of has some Tom Brady attributes to him. Like, they play a similar style of game, and have a similar style of mindset and personality, but obviously he hasn't won the big game yet. So it's kind of a pointless discussion to have because you got to have at least one ring to be in that conversation. Um, all right. That's all the stuff that wasn't on our rundown. God, that took way too long. All right, let's uh, get going here. Let's let's just get into it. Off season preview. Let's just do this thing. Um, the off-season preview, this one, Donnie, I thought was an interesting question. I'm always, you know, curious about this. Uh, as I pull up spot track per usual this time of year, obviously the cap numbers are not set in stone right now because teams will make cuts, more salary cap space will become clear. But let's just talk draft assets. And salary cap number, give me, like, to you, the top three teams that have the most ammunition to play with this offseason. Well, I, I think it's very clear the Bears have to be on this list, do they not? Number one pick will get traded, probably. They've got, uh, if, I, if I'm correct, I'm not looking at spot track, but I've seen the spot track numbers all the time. And I think the Bears have a, just an absolutely, like, ridiculous amount. $98 million. Yeah, so absolutely ridiculous amount of money to play with. Uh, it's plus, like three. That's like basically three all pros. And I mean, it. you're talking about a quarterback who is on a very, very uh, team friendly deal as a, a rookie contract player. Um, a lot of young players, not a whole lot of veteran talent. So they'll have to do that. And I'm not sure how easy it's going to be for the Bears to attract veteran talent. Um, I guess having you know, Justin Fields and, and the number one pick to sell is a little bit easier, but they've got to be number one on my list. I also think it's very clear that. The Eagles and the Seahawks with the added uh, the, the added ammunition they've been able to receive along with the Detroit Lions, albeit uh, I don't believe the Detroit Lions are going to be looking to to make huge, crazy moves because they have a lot of young pieces on their team they, they have to worry about. Uh, but I, I would definitely say like a team like Seattle, it wouldn't really surprise me. They have two top 20 picks, including number five, as as you know mentioned previously. Uh, it could be very interesting to see if they do anything there. Uh, they have a, a quarterback question mark, so that'll be fun and, and interesting and exciting to look at. And I also think that's like the Texans could be really interesting with the 12th pick. I, I like you have to think they'd be looking to move 
their second first rounder to maybe try to get somebody that could potentially be a cornerstone building block type piece, uh, maybe a veteran that can help coach up some of the younger, younger players a little bit because the Texans will have a very young roster, um, especially, you know, unless the Texans are going offensive line with, with their second first round pick uh, it's not very beneficial for them at this point to have another young piece uh, with a, a young core, a young coaching staff. It would be nice to see them try to at least get a little bit better. There's going to be pieces out there. So uh, if I had to pick teams, the bears are number one uh, and the Texans, Seahawks, Eagles, they're all in there kind of uh, scary. I, I'd say the Eagles are probably not a, a, a huge risk to trade the pick, but I, I would definitely say uh, it wouldn't be shocked to see Seattle or Houston make a, a big move with some of their draft capital to kind of build up like uh, a healthy start to a, a rebuild or something along those lines because the Seahawks are going to have to do it at some point. They're going to have to hit rock bottom at some point, uh, whether it's with Geno Smith or, or with somebody else. So uh, we'll see. Are, the Bears are are... Let me just ask, are they though? Like, it does feel like, I know that Geno's like, some people, it sounds like you aren't, aren't sold on Geno, but like if you use your draft capital and you use your money this off season, they can get a lot better on defense and get a contending defense. And then that paired with some really good young weapons offensively and Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny coming back like and a weak, an extremely weak NFC now with no Tom Brady and maybe with no Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to that in a little bit. Like there's no reason the Seattle Seahawks couldn't go from like the seventh seed to like one of the top three seeds in the NFC next year to me. I, you know, the Geno Smith experiment is fun and everything, but it would be realistic for them to start thinking about the future, you would think, because um, Geno Smith is going to command money if he's going to be your starting quarterback, whether whether or not you like it. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not necessarily sold on Geno Smith. I do think it is crazy to see what he did this year, and nobody can argue that at all. It's crazy to see the growth from where he was with the Jets early on in his career to now. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of help from having some good coaching but I, are you really like, do you want to put your eggs in the basket of Geno Smith to try to make a playoff run? Like he's 32, only getting older, probably not going to stay great as good as he was this year for a long time. Uh, wouldn't it make sense for them to kind of sort of look towards the future rather than f forcing a, a Super Bowl run out of the Seahawks team that I thought a lot of people thought was going to be a a five win, six win team this year. Coming into the year, I think they had one of the worst uh, win loss total odds of any of the teams in the league. So uh, I think the expectation is Seahawks will not be, uh, I don't see them contending necessarily. You got to think like maybe a playoff team again next year if they do uh, make some good moves. But are you really thinking the Seahawks are going to be winning a Super Bowl uh, with like teams like the Eagles still very, very relevant, very in there? Uh, teams like the Cowboys will be around always the 49ers like it, it'd be tough to see the Seahawks ever win anything with Geno Smith yeah I, I mean I think there's a ceiling of him being able to get to like an NFC championship game and then anything can happen you know but you know I I, I think your your points are fair there Okay, let's talk about just three free agents I sent you a top 50 free agents list. Three free agents we're kind of interested in talking about. I'll just give you my three. They're all in a row here. Uh, one, Jesse Bates. Feels like he's highly ranked. And 
the Bengals could franchise tag him, but he feels like if, and if you look at like people who followed the Bengals really closely, it does feel like he is a prime candidate for like a tag and trade type situation because they have a lot to do this off season and they probably need to get their deal for Joe Burrow done now. So he doesn't become more expensive next year. And they also need to get a T Higgins extension done as well. So, uh, those are their top two priorities. You also look at potentially losing Eli Apple, who's been your number one corner for several years. I know it's fun to clown Eli Apple, but he is a decent number one overall corner. He's kept and held that job for like three or four years now and has done a, a fine job. Cam Taylor Britt played really well in the playoffs, but had a really kind of subpar regular season. So it'll be interesting to see how the Bengals defense plays out. So I think, Jesse Bates, Eli Apple, all combined into one person. I think that's interesting for the Bengals. Odell, I'm really interested to see what kind of a market Odell has. Coming off the ACL, he'll be fully healthy, hopefully, by camp. People forget that before he tore his ACL, he was starting to look semi-like Prime Odell again for like the first time in his career are the Cowboys the type of team that now that he's fully healthy you might want to give him a bigger contract wouldn't shock me if Jerry Jones just gave him way too much money and then three Trent Williams gets a lot of love rightfully so he's a beast he's he's a monster of a human being but Mike McGlinchey is one of the best right tackles in the NFL and is one of the reason the San Francisco 49ers offensive line is good every year they should probably use their franchise tag on him and get a deal down there so they can continue to have a good offensive line and hope Trey Lance works because that's that's your option now with uh, the news that Tom, Brock Purdy likely needs some do- Tommy John surgery and will probably not play next year. So, yeah, it's it's going to be um, – yeah. Those are the three I, 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 uh, I, I just wanted to talk about. Yeah, so Odell was also somebody that I listed. I think it's fascinating to look at because uh, I would have thought, and and by the rumors, by like week like six, week seven, when Odell was starting to pop up a little bit more frequently, you ha- you had to think like he is his healing just didn't go as well as he thought it was going to for this year. Uh, it it seemed clear uh, that he probably was not uh as far ahead of schedule as he was selling teams, and and very clearly once he was not signed by the end of the year, uh, there were there's very obviously concerns now. Uh, but Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham. He's a player that not only uh, is good on the field, but he is a, a crazy, crazy off the field presence. Um, teams will get fans from other teams. Teams will have fans follow their team solely for Odell Beckham. Uh, you know when you get people to follow the Cleveland Browns, you know, it's come on, like the Cleveland Browns gained fans from having Odell Beckham Jr. on their team. You can't really argue it. So um, that's an, it's an interesting, uh, interesting dynamic. Uh, you would think that he will have suitors. I don't know how successful he'll be in getting the massive contract that he thinks he's going to get because uh, it is uh, there is risk involved. But uh, the receiver, I don't think the receiving group is very good this year in terms of free agents. I think the receiving group, uh, he will benefit quite heavily from having minimal competition i think we're talking about like jacoby myers and juju smith schuster type players uh so odell beckham if he proves he's healthy will be very clearly like the most interesting story of the offseason in terms of a free agent to follow outside of the quarterbacks obviously um 
I also listed uh, two offensive players because I assumed RK would be here with defensive players because that's kind of his thing. I feel like I had Josh Jacobs uh, as a player that I was interested in because it feels like, and I think we'll talk about this later on because I'm sure you are as curious on, on the Raiders as I am in terms of like just what's going on. Uh, you have to sort of think uh, as long as he's not franchise tagged, he will have options you know a guy that can very regularly touch the ball 15 20 times a game and not really have any issues although there is risk with running backs paying running backs people hate it somebody will do it uh, i'm curious to see who i'm not really sure uh and then evan Ingram, just something that i thought was interesting uh he's not gonna block for you he won't he's not gonna go out there and, and do a whole lot but as a receiver i don't think there's a team in the league that wouldn't want him as a receiving tight end out of like you know, maybe he's not going to be an elite tight end at any point in his career, probably. But you've seen it. I've seen it. We've all seen it. The tight end spot is really weak. So Evan Ingram could very well end up cashing out on what ended up being, I think, like the last six weeks of the season. He was like the top tight end in the league outside of Travis Kelsey. So maybe he his end of the year kind of juices his his potential in free agency. Who knows? Really? Who knows? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I think those are all good free agents to take a look at. Obviously, it's a quarterback league. It's a quarterback-driven league. Feels like there's more room for big quarterback movement this offseason. I just wanted to run through the quarterback carousel really quick. I added two names that weren't previously on the list uh, because I forgot them, but uh, kind of in not in no order here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does sound like it's not really an Aaron Rodgers decision, but it, it sounds like the Packers legitimately want to trade him and like move on to Jordan Love. Derek Carr is a guy that the Raiders have basically cut ties with at this point. But it's fascinating. I don't know if you saw my tweet about this, uh, Donnie, but I was reading stuff from Vic uh, Tefer on The Athletic this week that the Raiders still haven't allowed Derek Carr's agents to even like actively seek a trade. Like it's, it's really, really strange what's happening there. Like it, like he's just, it's just like that, that situation is wild. I'm, I'm just interested what we can, you know, obviously I think they will be your team that you're following with the most interest this off season, but like, is there a chance Derek Carr comes back as the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback? Feels like they've kind of gone too far at this point, but you never know. Like, I think he does like Las Vegas, and he is a loyal guy. Like, I guess maybe they could sweet-talk him back, but that would be so awkward. But Derek Carr could be a guy on the market. Obviously, the big free agent name to watch that everyone's like, will they tag him? Will they not? Lamar Jackson. And then, uh, you know, kind of tier two guys, Daniel Jones up for a new contract and Jimmy G today, Kyle Shanahan said Jimmy G's not coming back. So, yeah, those are those are kind of the quarterbacks to me on the quarterback carousel. Am I missing anyone? No, I don't think so. Unless you want to counter or you want to add in guys like, you know, the, the failed Carolina quarterbacks from this year or Teddy Bridgewater. Um, no, not really. I don't think that you're uh, you're far off there. I do think that we're going to end up talking about a weaker quarterback market than we think. Um, 
there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. No, like you could say it's pretty fair that the Jets, you would say, definitely need to go uh, a separate direction. Uh, the Texans will add a quarterback through the draft. Probably uh, the Colts, the Buccaneers need a quarterback without options on their roster. And then there's teams like the Panthers. Uh, you don't really know what the Saints are doing. You don't know what the Raiders are doing. The Commanders, they've got Sam Howell. They've got Heineken Wentz. What are they doing there? So there's a lot more. There's a lot of teams that could potentially be in the market for somebody. I don't like you got to be honest here. Lamar Jackson, there's no way in hell he should be hitting the market. Correct. Like it just doesn't seem like it makes any sense. I don't care about the injuries. I don't think Lamar Jackson is that great of a quarterback in terms of just like the, the top tier best in the league. I think he's a tier two guy, but like, would you be, I'd be so shocked if Lamar Jackson hit free agency, like really hit free agency. Yeah, I think I'd be shocked if he really hit free agency. I don't think it'd be shocked if they put the tag on him where if you offer two first, he can be traded still. Like, I feel like the exclusive tag is like going to be close to $40 million a year. I don't know if the Ravens want to do that. Um, and the other thing is this. Say they, they do do that, to be honest. Like, Lamar Jackson totally has the right to be like, yeah, I'm not playing on the franchise tag. Like, if you guys don't want to give me a long-term contract, that's fine. I'll sit out and you can trade me. Like, this could become, I really do think in some way, shape, or form, this will become an odyssey. I know that they can say that they want Lamar Jackson to be their quarterback, but if they really did, they would have gotten a long-term deal done last offseason, to be completely honest with you. They clearly didn't really believe he could stay healthy. They were right. And now it's just a matter of, I think they'll try to tag and trade him, to be honest with you. Because, like, the offense can be run effectively with Tyler Huntley. Like we have seen that. And like, he can be a bridge guy while you look for another dude in the draft. And let's be honest, the Ravens offense is just nowhere near contending level in the AFC. They need huge help at wide receiver and to kind of rebuild the whole system. Now that Greg Roman's gone. So it's like, what are you going to do there? I I think, to me, it's 50-50 whether he's on a different team or not next year. I just think it's it's a coin toss. Well, realistically, Which, like, it, I just, just wanted to add in, if you were going and going to trade the, the draft capital for a quarterback and, and you were picking between Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, who Aaron Rodgers is, is supposedly going to command some draft capital, and it's very realistic that he will given – it's Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's no shot in hell that you're paying Aaron Rodgers prices when you can get Lamar Jackson for a little bit more. Like, it'd be crazy to see a Jets team say, "Hey, we we don't we're gonna go we're gonna go with Aaron Rodgers." Like, it, it just it doesn't that's not realistic. It doesn't make any sense. So, it, it's an interesting scenario that you bring up because I wasn't really thinking Lamar Jackson like like sign him and then let him go. But you are correct, very correct in, in saying he does not have to play under the tag. Kyler Murray got an extension. Like, why can't Lamar Jackson get a little bit of respect? It seems like that's just like it's been a crazy ongoing for for years now. It feels like like how are but we here with Lamar? The Ravens. It's just different with the Ravens, right? Because they're a smart organization. Because they hear what you just said, Donnie, and they say, "Look how that Kyler Murray contract looks now." A year later, 
Like one of the worst quarterback contracts given out last offseason. It's fair. Like they don't want to take that gamble. Like they're they're not willing to do that. And and honestly, it might be smart to just get assets now and and try to rebuild with a new rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. You know? It's it's not crazy, honestly. It's crazier. Uh it's crazier to say Tom Brady's gonna come back and play quarterback for the 49ers this year than it is to say Lamar Jackson's gonna get a, a hundred times traded. Like Lamar could get traded, it wouldn't shock me. So I guess I guess you're not too far off here. And I mean you can say all those teams like the Jets make sense, but like think about a team like the Texans or a team like the Colts, even who have one of these high round draft picks. Like, sure, you could take a gamble on Bryce Young and maybe he's good, but like, would you rather gamble on Bryce Young or would you rather just trade that and your first round pick next year for Lamar Jackson? And have your quarterback position be set for the next five years, five to 10 years. You know, it's fair. Like, I, I think he's going to be a very, I think every, like most every team in the league that has draft assets will be calling after them. And that doesn't have a top five quarterback will be calling after Lamar Jackson because his ceiling is a top five quarterback. And that's, you know, those are, those are hard to come by. Um, All right. Let's finish this up here. Let's just talk about a team or two that we're excited to watch in both conferences. Let's start in your conference, Donnie, the NFC. I'll just start here. To me, the San Francisco 49ers this year just ended in such disappointment for them with the terrible injury luck at quarterback again. And it's just going to be fascinating to see how Trey Lance, what the reports are on him all offseason. Because the reports... People forget the first year Trey Lance was drafted. Do you remember the summer where it was like Trey Lance is incredible? Trey Lance is the best quarterback we've ever seen of in Niners camp. Of course. And then suddenly last offseason, it was like, oh man, we're pretty worried Trey Lance can't play. And then he played two games, blew out his knee. You couldn't make really any honest assessment at all. And now we're just back to like, okay, here's a guy who still hasn't had a chance to develop, has played, and I repeat, four, literally four NFL games in a two-year NFL career. Like, well, I guess he sat his first year. So, yeah, two years, two years. This is year two for Trey Lance, right? Absolutely. So here we are, year three. You basically have to treat this year as a rookie year for him. Like, I don't think it's fair to expect anything else. And it's just like, he didn't play a lot in college. He didn't play a lot in high school. Like we just don't know what Trey Lance is as a player. And that's your number one option right now with a roster that is literally a quarterback away from winning one or maybe two back-to-back Super Bowls. Because to me, the 49ers are, if they had a quarterback, they would have beaten the Eagles. Like, they are the strongest roster in the NFL to me. They have the most offensive weapons. They have the most defensive talent. Not a lot of it's up for debate and free agency. They might lose Jimmy Ward defensively, but you can replace him if you draft well, which they do. And you just got to franchise tag Mike McGlinchey and you're set on the offensive side of the ball. It's like, I don't know, Donnie. To me, they're fascinating because... 
the Packers have said, well, we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers within the NFC. But if Kyle Shanahan really calls them and says, hey, like, I know we mortgaged our draft capital on Trey Lance, but what we'll send you Trey Lance, like one of our defensive stars and like a first round pick in 2024. Like, are the Packers really going to say no to that? Like, and then suddenly Aaron Rodgers in a Kyle Shanahan scheme and it's kind of fascinating all of a sudden to me the 49ers are just the team to watch this offseason in the NFC because they they have their window is now and they have to be very aggressive because if they aren't the window could like slam shut the year after this basically next year is basically the year they have to get back to the Super Bowl or they need to start thinking about retooling the roster entirely and at that point it's like Okay, what what's Kyle Shanahan's job security? Is it an Andy Reid in Philadelphia type situation? Yeah, I think it's valid, and it will be interesting to look at. I don't think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Let's let's be it, it'd be it's a pipe dream situation. And again, uh, I just think even if if they got that offer, they'd be like, yeah, we can't do this. Uh, it just it's against the the whole. The, the whole vibe, although they would be they'd be fleecing, they'd be going out gangbusters coming out with with, with that type of deal. Um, it, it is weird to me to look at them and be like, yeah, so so Trey Lance, the only real game we can we can sit there. I guess there's two games that he started from his his rookie year that were like semi decent performances, long enough to where you could you could take some value out of them. One of them was a bad performance against Arizona. The other one was that was a mediocre, okay performance against a bad Houston team. So if we're really banking on those two games, plus whatever whatever you want to take out of a a weird game against Chicago and then an injury game and did three snaps in, there's nothing to look at with him. So it, it's really it's it's intriguing to think about like. It's impossible. Yeah, it's just impossible to assess him as a player. If they had any type of idea what he was doing, we would know about it. It feels like if we had any type of idea what they were expecting out of him, somebody would have said it at some point. Like nobody really knows what the plan is because injuries and such. It's you never know. But I just feel like nobody has any idea there. Um, I picked the Giants on a biased level, but it's very clear from an outer perspective that. If you're just a fan of the league, the Giants are have to be fascinating. Uh, quarterback and running back duo, the two maybe the most prominent players on the roster in terms of like names you look at and be like, yeah, I know that guy. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. You would assume Daniel Jones gets twenty twenty five million dollars per year. A uh, couple years. I'm not sure how that. I, I don't know if he's worth that money, but as a quarterback, you pay it, and it just it is it is what it is. And then you have Saquon Barkley, who will very clearly need. Um, double digit millions you have to think on a, a term deal uh the one thing that the saving grace the giants have is kenny galladay can be cut uh post designation he'll get, he'll get 13 and a half mil back in cap savings which would be just beautiful because that's anything they can do with kenny galladay to get him the hell out of there will be a, a pleasure um but they have so many holes to fill like the receiver group they're not going to have a single receiver worth anything outside of isaiah hodgins next year on the roster because it, it's very clear that shepherd has gone uh slayton's probably gone richie james was useless half, i don't know how richie james even managed to get like snap share to the point where he was like people were looking at him like oh richie james like he's he's back he's here after being waived what feels like a, a couple times uh, the Giants have to be like you have to be a, li a little curious about what the Giants are going to do, right? Yeah, it's just like 
they're in a weird spot because I know they made the playoffs this year, but like it just depends what Joe Shane's vision is. Like if he's like, we just want a totally new core, like it it makes sense to one, Saquon Barkley is the prototypical guy for like don't pay a running back. Has an injury history, like is like a workhorse back. Like, maybe don't give him a huge second contract. That'll be interesting to see. But also, he's your best offensive player. And By they far. need they need lots of help in the passing game. And there's not that many great free agent receivers available. They just have to draft extremely well again. Which, I mean, they drafted pretty well last year with Kayvon Thibodeau. And they got their tackle, which was good. But, like, they need to, like go heavy on skill positions this year and and hope that Daniel Jones can progress with a better cast around him. And the other thing with a Daniel Jones contract is like, don't go too long. Like if you can make it like a three-year deal with a club option for the third year, like do that. If Daniel Jones is like, I want to test my market value, give me $35 million, say fine. Here's $35 million for one year. Like, hell we'll give you 40 million for one year like you you can you can have your one-year contract but don't get married to danny jones like just don't do that and yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens there afc wise uh this one's a little weird i'm really interested to see what the titans do it just feels like they're in a really weird spot right now where the defense isn't quite what it was they suffered a lot of injuries this year but at full health and under the right coaching which they have it can be the type of defense that a Super Bowl team would have but the offense is nowhere near that Ryan Tannehill is kind of regressing he doesn't have any weapons around him Traylon Burks was not what they expected him to be he had a fine rookie season he wasn't the best they're probably losing Taylor Luan. Their offensive line is totally in flux. Like, it just feels like, and their whole plan for the future was Malik Willis, but when Malik Willis played this year, it was clear, like, this guy should not see an NFL field again, ever. Like, he's just not that guy. Like, it, it'll it be interesting. I, I'll, I'll just be interesting to see what they do, whether they just say, Hey, we're standing pat. We realize we're rebuilding here or whether they think they can squeeze another year out of a window. I think they should rebuild personally. I think they should put Ryan Tannehill on the trade market and say, Hey jets. Like if you want a guy like here's a low cost, like second round pick type guy, but you can still keep your first rounder. And Hey, Donnie, I'll be honest. I, I think the Jets are a playoff team if they get Ryan Tannehill. Like, the Jets are probably... Probably. In that situation, with those weapons, with that offensive line, with that defense, Ryan Tannehill is a playoff quarterback. Probably. In Tennessee, with no weapons and no offensive line, he he is just... He's never going to elevate your team. So... I don't know. Feels like the Titans are in a really interesting spot this year, and I'm just interested to see the the direction they take. Yeah, I agree. The Malik Willis thing was the weirdest, like one of the weirdest storylines down the stretch because Joshua Dobbs, like he was fine, 
he was he was better than Malik Willis was, which shouldn't be the case on on six days on the roster. He came in there and gave them a fighting chance. It looked like at least um, it was it was really weird. That was such a strange situation. And and I guess uh, he, he played OK enough against Jacksonville to where they were sort of kind of um, in the lead. Obviously, they had the, the really weird play at the end of the game um, that. Josh Allen ended up returning back. That was the game winner. Uh, just strange all the way around. Uh, I feel like you could have said like three or four years ago, like, oh, maybe the Titans, you know, at a point, uh, you know, they're going to be, there'll be a player in this, in the AFC. They might make a Super Bowl. And then since, since the conference final in, what was that, 2020 against the Chiefs? It was, that was a fairly good game. I remember, if I remember correctly, it's been disappointing since you got to think at some point a rebuild is coming there. So uh, it definitely interesting to look at. And, and as you mentioned, a Ryan Tannehill trade would be fascinating because he's definitely not, he's not Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers, but he will get you wins on a football field, which is all the Jets have been looking for. I mean, the, the Zach Wilson experiment, if they, if they upgrade that Ryan Tannehill, they've got two, three more wins on the year probably, and they look competent, which would be great. I picked the Raiders. Self-explanatory. I don't think there's any real question. You don't have to really explain it. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with the quarterback situation? Are they going to stick with what's on the roster, which would be a, a disaster probably, all things considered? Uh, are they going to try to make a big trade? Are they trying to get Aaron Rodgers? Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, if you're a Raiders fan, what do you want? Are you looking for a quarterback that can lead you to the playoffs right now, and and, and or at least try to lead you to the playoffs right now, or are you looking to just like kind of say, hey, we're in a bad position long term. Our division's really good. Uh, you got to think they'll probably be the worst team in the division next year. You would assume the Broncos are better than them. The Chargers and Chiefs will almost assuredly be better than them. So. Like if you're a Raiders fan and you want Aaron Rodgers, if you're a Raiders in the Ra- Raiders organization, do you want Aaron Rodgers? Is that something you even would consider? Maybe a Lamar Jackson trade would be great for you, but unlikely as can be. Like the Raiders have to be in the same position as the Titans, almost like oh, we should we just call it a rebuild, see if we can bring in some young talent, give it a couple years, and see if we can get back at it. Um, I certainly would would consider it if I'm if I'm the Raiders uh, upper management. You got to be sitting there like, yeah, this this it's just not working anymore. The Chiefs just got so lucky. Like they just got so lucky that basically the rest of the division is just in flux right now. Like the Chargers maybe don't have a head coach. Like the Broncos are like fringe like trying their hardest to grasp any type of relevancy and the Raiders are like okay like one last gasp like we paid all this money to Devontae Adams might as well really try to get him a quarterback like they got it so lucky they they like literally no one in this division like not even I love the Chargers but like no one in this division is going to be able to compete with the Chiefs for like at least two more years like it's it's just like it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous it's definitely not gonna be the raiders i think that, that's yeah. that, there's no shot the raiders are competing with the chiefs so your ceiling when your ceiling is like a maybe wild card playoff team if you get a, a quarterback that costs 40 million dollars from uh, for giving up picks and all that like it, the situation there is just it can't be good and, and Derek Carr's gone uh as talked about a little bit before there's you don't you don't post these goodbye messages and say oh I love my time in the in the city if you're not 
it's over. We got to move on. The Raiders got to move on. The Raiders got to just tank. They got to they hit the bottom because realistically, they could lose every division game for the next two years if they wanted to. And it would be a real help uh, not having much competition because, you uh, again, Broncos would be better. Chargers and Chiefs should just walk on them uh, in a rebuild situation. It might be, it might be a semi- like let's say they they tore it all down. What, what are we talking about? Uh, a number number one pick potential in the next couple of years? I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, had some draft questions. Those were for RK, obviously. Um, do you have like any non quarterback players you're super hyped about in this draft that you just want to see? Yeah, obviously RK does a lot of the a lot of the, the weeds. He does a lot of the weeds and he, he'll end up telling me who uh who he likes. I think uh there's a couple interesting non-quarterbacks to look at. First off, I, I've talked to you about him very briefly. I think Bijan's gonna be a fascinating stock to look at because nobody knows nobody knows is he gonna the cowboys are apparently a, a team that he would love to go to or whatever um is he a first round running back or are they gonna give him any type of uh is he gonna get any type of hype from a team higher than what you would expect a, a low end first because most of the time you know you're not gonna get a running back in the top 10 top five unless you know you're really that desperate or you think he's a, an absolute superstar so i think that'll be interesting because there are definitely rb needy teams uh guys that some just need somebody to rely on a little bit uh there's very clearly um you know we've seen it time and time even like the chiefs would be love to have somebody they could lean on a little bit out of the backfield pacheco will be good but having somebody else to go with him would be uh interesting i do think there are some interesting you know maybe not uh guys that you would have necessarily thought like oh this is going to be there's going to be question marks with him uh coming into the draft like jsn for example who knows really what's going on there because when he played he was incredibly good that's by the way for for those unfamiliar with college football jackson smith and jigba correct absolutely absolutely yeah um todd mcshay even came out and said yeah you know maybe not even a first round pick after last year you had draft analysts saying Top 10, top 15, without a doubt. Like this is the maybe the first receiver off the board with no question. It turns out that's not the case anymore, I guess, which is uh, really interesting just in general. And I think we're going to see somebody reach a little bit on uh, maybe, maybe not. I can't necessarily say like tight ends are tough, but like there are some decent ones like, like Michael Meyer example, for example, uh, Notre Dame, you know, you get guys who can go out there and dominate. He did not do what you expected him to do. Um, yeah, I, people thought he was going to tear things up. He was not as great, but he, he had a pretty solid season. I think it's interesting to look out outside of like the top five or six. Cause I feel like we kind of know who's going to go there. You have to think, uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud are both gone by like pick four, pick five, and as are Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. But outside of that, like, have you do you watch any any Will Levis? Are you into Will Levis at all? Because there's this Will Levis debate is going to be crazy coming up to the draft. There's going to be so much. I don't think you'll hear about a prospect, a quarterback prospect that has more detractors and more supporters and no middle ground on on a guy. Like this is a guy that people either love or they absolutely despise as a prospect. I'll be honest, I'm not watching a lot of Kentucky typically. As you um, should you shouldn't. There's uh, no reason to. Um he's a guy that it is really interesting. Like I read Daniel Jeremiah's like top fifty prospects. He has him as like a top ten prospect. Like there's people that have him going like number two in in their mock, which is 
mind-blowingly insane like I, people... I i don't know i personally have never seen the will Levis highlight package i'll i'll i'll, I'll know it's more not once pretty I watch most of the time like he has insane talent but if you look at like if you watch every throw he made especially if you if you wanted to uh go back prior uh to this year if you wanted to look back at last year uh, th- there are a lot of mistakes uh, he's clearly not at the most talented it, like it's kentucky you get what you get out of kentucky and you're gonna like it but th- there's a lot of people that think this guy like quarterback one and i've you don't ever get this out of uh, like there's the hype is incredible for a guy that was very pedestrian in terms of a, a lot of like putting stringing together consistent full games uh, you don't see that usually the guys at the top of the class like the other the non um, non will levis quarterbacks top of the draft like i i've there's no comparison in terms of what they did to like if you're putting cj stroud tape up next to will levis like are you are you really sitting there like yeah i i want will levis i'm looking it, it's like it's foolish almost and i think a lot of people uh, a lot of people will tell you like will levis has the, the raw ability but I, I need you need to see a little bit more than raw ability. You need to see a little bit more than potential uh, out of a guy that you know was not super productive, uh, all things considered, especially compared to uh, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. So I think that could be like the most interesting storyline of any here because it feels like Will Levis is the classic like oh draft stock rising. Could he get? Could somebody trade up for number one pick and pick Will Levis? Like there's I guess there's potential. You hear it all the time and, and it's 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 frightening if i was a fan of a team that needed a quarterback and i had like a mid mid teens or like like high and i wanted to trade up to like pick four pick five like i'd be i'd be scared i'd be i'd be frightened if i was a team like i don't know imagine that the jets wanted to trade up for a quarterback and they took will levis it would be just a disaster it would be such a mess yeah, I'm I'm unfamiliar, so I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut on this. Uh, there's a chance I watch him in a few weeks, and I'm like, "Wow, this guy's totally doing great." So, um, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know on that one. Uh, to me, I have one guy, literally only one guy, Quinn Johnson, the TCU wide receiver, just a beast, just an absolute beast. I don't know if you watched. I watched the Kansas game live, which was basically basically his best game of the season by far. And uh, he's just an insane wide receiver, like who's going to make an immediate impact at the next level. And I'm who I'm really excited to watch next fall. All right, Donnie, this has been too long, too long an episode per usual. I tried to keep us on track, but as per usual, we like talking. We did a lot of talking. It's true. Where, where can people find your podcast? Let's just get out of here. Uh, this will be up on, uh, well, it'll be out later tonight, but at, uh, we'll tweet the links out on uh, Thursday because I got to get heading to bed here really quick. You know, Rodeo on the Horde podcast, we record every week. It's pretty much just a whatever, whatever mixed bag of sports. Uh, you can find uh, Twitter at Roth, R-O-T-H podcast. That's all you got to do. Just follow us. And we uh, we tweet every week when our episodes go out. Uh, it's fun. Eric asks questions very regularly. Sometimes they're questions about things that are completely just, just t- totally off the radar. Um, Eric has, has inspired us to now dig into college basketball. So in the next couple of weeks, uh, Eric's questions will be answered. We, we didn't answer his college basketball question this week. But let me tell you, Eric's inspiring. He keeps us, he keeps us going. He keeps us moving sometimes with the questions. I have yet to listen to this week's episode. Was going to put that on tonight, maybe as I drifted to sleep. And uh, yeah, anyhow, should be good. 
All right. Thanks, Sonny. Appreciate you. Follow us on Twitter at EndZonePod. We'll be back Super Bowl week. Expect basically an episode every day. Lots to talk about. See you then. Peace out.